New Beginnings 8. I've entitled this Patience. And I want to start by reading from two psalms, just a couple of verses from each psalm. The first one is from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And the second reading comes from Psalm 46, just a little bit further on. And I'm just going to read the last two verses, verse 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, if you remember, going back um, a couple of weeks, Gail sent one of her missives out via um, the email, a reflection And she spoke about the desert mothers, and she spoke particularly about uh, Mother Sincilitia, I think is how she said it, in Alexandria. And part of what Gail was saying was encapsulated by um, this woman who says, you find yourself in a difficult place, do not go to another place, it will do you a great harm. In other words, she's saying, be patient. And then she used this metaphor, this image. And she said, just as a bird abandons an egg she was sitting on and prevents it from hatching. And I think that when the, the, the mother is sitting on the eggs, it looks like nothing is happening. It looks like there is absolutely nothing going on. It, she's just sitting. She's just waiting. And I think that's exactly the point. Uh, if we abandon the waiting part of life, we often abandon something before it comes to birth. We we lack the patience to trust God that something is going on. In Alice in Wonderland, the Red Queen is kind of an image of who we are in our lives. She says, now here, you see, it takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. And I think maybe that's just a picture of our Western culture, that we are running twice as fast because we're trying to get somewhere and do something. We we want everything now. We want everything yesterday. If it's not immediate, then we abandon that and move on to something else. In total contrast to the desert mothers and fathers. And someone said, you can't actually follow Jesus at a sprint. And I think that's true. We are driven. We are in a hurry. It's the opposite of being still, of stopping and just resting in God and listening for God and seeking to discern what the Spirit is doing. I told you the story a little while back of going into London for a meeting and um, I was early So I went into the National Gallery and I was strolling through the different rooms. I went through past the Rubens and the Rembrandt. I was just soaking it all in. I was actually looking for Goya and I came to a dead end. I asked the attendant um, where the Goyas were and he said, in another room, very helpfully. And as as I passed out of there, 
um, I saw this exhibit, Still Life. So I went in. It was curated by Tacita Dean. And she had taken some of the pictures out of the National Gallery's collection. There were some of her own works and some of her friends. And I was sort of intrigued by a six millimeter film that was showing projected onto a wall. It was 11 minutes and 11 seconds long. I remember that now. And I stopped to watch, not knowing why, uh, because nothing was really happening. It was simply uh, a, a pear in a jar. And there was no sound. And I found out later on that it was called Prisoner Pears. And there was this whole thing about the pear in the jar. And as I stood there, I became aware after a few minutes that n no one else stopped. There was constant moving behind me as I watched this movie. Um, there was no sound, so people couldn't make out in an instant what was going on. They chatted about it and then moved on. And the longer I stood there, the more aware I became of the sounds, the colors, what was going on in my head, what was going on around me, until I suddenly realized that was the point. I am the still life. In that context, what she had managed to do was to stop me long enough that I became aware of what was happening. And I think that in terms of our Christian life and in terms of our life as a community of believers, as the Bishop Stortford Vineyard, everything begins by being still and knowing God. We don't see anything until we are still. Nothing really happens until we are still. And then when you come back to the, the first passage that I read from Psalm 40, verse 1 to 3, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. It's iconic in the sense that there is the psalmist and he stops and he waits patiently for the Lord. It's not something we're inclined to do. But then if you notice what happens after that, it's really interesting. It says, he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. It's the waiting patiently for the Lord and then he does all these things. He turned to me. He lifted me up. He set my feet on a rock. Gave me a firm place to stand. Put a new song in my mouth. We are so intent on doing stuff for God that we don't often allow him. We don't stop long enough and wait long enough for him to do something for us. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he does all these things for us. The disciples had learned that with Jesus. There were many times when he just stopped what he was doing. The crowds were pushing in all around him and he just disappeared to a place of quiet and stillness, lonely up a mountain at night. Over and over again that happens. And even when there's all the bustle of getting to um, Jerusalem, going into Jerusalem in Luke 10, and they come to Lazarus and Martha and Mary's house, and you know all the bustle that's going on and Mary's cooking and there's this whole interaction that takes place. And he says to her, Martha, 
wasn't wasting time. She was doing the one thing that was needed. She had stopped and she was sitting at Jesus' feet. The interesting thing is that after the resurrection, when Jesus meets with the disciples and sees them in different contexts and in different numbers, there's all the excitement of this resurrection encounter with Jesus. And then he simply says to them, go and wait. Go and wait. Don't leave Jerusalem. Just stay there. And then hours turn to days, turn to weeks. And it couldn't have been easy because they, they, they knew he had died. They knew he had been resurrected. They had started to put all these things together in their minds that he had said previously that now made sense to them. He gave them all authority as he left. He commissioned them to go. He ascended. And then he said, he'd said to them, wait. Just wait. Don't do anything. What they did do was, if you look in Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 14, they all joined together and were constantly in prayer. I think that forms the bedrock of, 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 of the waiting is that the waiting is a conversation, a place of conversation, of the luxury of being able to speak and to listen, particularly to God. And the early church found their way and found their place, both individually, I believe, and in terms of a group, by waiting, by praying, by listening, by being patient and allowing the Spirit of God to do stuff, allowing God to do in them what was necessary for them to happen. So last week we looked at Acts chapter 2 and the gift of the Holy Spirit coming and then all these different aspects were facets of the life of the church, what was intrinsic to the way the church was structured. But what's interesting is if you read the first 10 or 15 chapters of Acts, the disciples didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have some master plan. Jesus didn't say, this is what the church will look like. They were learning as they went along. So there was a big problem with, they were doing great things with the, um, the widows. Then there was a problem that the Greeks and the Jewish widows had a bit of an altercation. So the disciples got together and said, what should we do? And so they decided to have deacons. It wasn't a mapped out thing that they were going to have deacons. We've made that now a template for the rest of the church. But what they were doing was listening to the Spirit of God, waiting on God, hearing from God, praying, waiting until they had what they needed, the discernment, and then moving forward. And I think it's critical at this juncture, both in our society as individuals and as a local congregation, that we, are, that we exercise a measure of patience, that we have the... Uh, trust in God to be able to wait, to be patient, to be still, and to hear what he's saying to us. The uh, interesting thing, I think last week uh, uh, we were chatting together and Jatin said, it's like a bud. It's like something that's just budding, that needs to be both protected and nurtured. And I think that, that's utterly true. It's the same imagery in a sense as what um, Gail uh, wrote to us about with the birds sitting on the egg. There's life beginning to form. And when the rosebud, and we've had a particularly slow season this year, but 
the roses in my garden, there are hundreds of them, hundreds of buds. They're just slowly coming out and coming open. But I have to be patient to see the beauty, to get the fragrance. I can't rush it. I have to let things take their course. It has to be in the right time. I have to wait. I have to tend the garden, but be patient that trust that they will actually open. And so, as we move into um, this experimental phase, if you like, of our lives, we need to be able to trust God, both as individuals and as a congregation, to be patient, to wait, being still, to hear what he's saying to us, and then to take action. So, for consideration this Sunday, here are a couple of questions to just mull over in your head over the next couple of days. Am I in a hurry? And if so, why? Do I find patience something particularly hard? And again, why, why would I battle with patience? And then perhaps finally something like this. Do we really trust that God will accomplish what he needs to do, his, fulfill his purposes within us? What stops it? Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday.